0: All right, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. So glad that you were here this morning. And I'm just excited about our text that we're going to be looking at today. Hope we're able to just kind of dig into God's Word. And there is uh, just some things that, as, as we are turning there to Ephesians chapter 3, if you have a good Bible, it's on 8, 812. Uh, but just a couple things, I, you know, that I want us to make sure we know and understand. Um, as, as we, as me or, or Brother Jake, as we look at Scripture to stand up here to uh, proclaim God's Word, I believe it's important for us to know where God is leading us as a church. And we believe in our conviction of going through books of the Bible and explaining it in its context. And to uh, really, really know what God is trying to show us through those things. It's sometimes not that it's wrong as far as people preach in other ways. uh, But for us, we want to be able to walk through, see what God has, just as he was explaining to those churches, uh, whether it's in the New Testament or what he was showing his people in the Old Testament. And as we have chosen this book because we believe God, it was fitting for our time of where we're at. uh, We as we have sectioned out of how we're gonna be preaching through this book, we sit on it for the week, we, we prepare, we go through it, and when we come to this point, I hope you understand, I hope, you, I hope this is the way it comes out, is that this is what God has put on my heart to share with you, and so I pray that, uh, and this is something I've got to always wrestle with, is that it won't be my words, because my words are are silly, you know, they really are, and uh, always get me in trouble, Uh, but that it would be God's words, and then I pray that you would receive it this morning and accept whatever God is wanting to show you through His Word. His Word is what's powerful. His Word is what transforms lives. And so I pray this morning that we would be able to hear from the Lord and that you would receive what the Lord is telling you. Now, what's so easy for all of us in just human nature is for us to always think it's for someone else, okay? I wish so-and-so was here to hear this, or even as I prepare, thinking about you as individuals and and thinking about our church as a whole, and I pray that they would get this and receive this, but through the week, before I even present it, I've got to let it sink into my heart, And see how the Lord wants to change me, and what the Lord is wanting to show me through this passage of Scripture, so that I wouldn't present it to you as a as a uh, as a finger of me saying I told you so, but as in a we of what the Lord is trying to show us in and through this Scripture. And so, one last thing before we really look at this uh, this passage of Scripture is that I hope and I want to encourage you. Uh, It was encouraging to me that I talked to a couple people this week and they were telling me about what they were reading through in Scripture. And listen, I want to challenge you today more than any day that I pray that you would have a time with the Lord, that you are reading His Word, that you are finding a book in the Bible. If you need help, you need suggestions. Uh, I had a friend of mine that he even told me Uh, this morning that he wasn't going to be here, but he said, please do not pick on me. Uh, So I I promise I won't, I won't even say his name, but he was reading in God's word and he started in the book of Revelation and he was all the way through the 10th chapter of the book of Revelation and bless his heart because that is not an easy book to read without some explanation. But I appreciate a person that is going to dive into God's word and ask God to just open his heart and mind to see what he has for him. Today, he's in a different book, thank the Lord. He's in the Gospel of John. Uh, But I want you to understand of how important it really is to open up God's Word, to see what it says, study it, don't just do a little cutesy little verse here and there. That, that, that you, you, Not only is the Bible, you're using it as a little, a little proverb, a little something like that. And you're using it as your little, just a little feel-good uh, verse of the day to just to go through your day. But really don't cheapen God's Word. Study God's Word. Let it be a part of your life. And not only you reading God's Word, but God's Word reading you and telling you your story about what's going on in your life and how God wants to change your life from the inside out. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to look this morning, as we have our our title of our entire uh, uh, sermon series through the book of Ephesians is Identified. And through this, we're going to look this morning, if you have a copy of your uh, bulletin, it has the title on there, which is called Family Reveal. Now, listen, I, I am uh, fixing to turn 39 years old, and some of our young couples in here do things today that I shake my head at. Uh, I'll probably do some things. Uh, I've probably done some things whenever I was having my children that uh, maybe some of my other friends in here would have shaken their heads at it like, I can't believe you're doing that. Today is so popular to do baby reveals. We didn't do that in my little generation uh, a couple years ago. Okay, We didn't do those cutesy things or or a man baby shower or a man husband shower. I don't know. They do all kinds of crazy things. This section over here knows what I'm talking about. And so they do all these little cutesy things now to do all these baby reveals. The only thing Lisa and I ever came close to something like that about, was whenever we, in our minds, thought that we were done after four children. And we, we thought we were done. And, uh, and so anyway, before the phone call was made to make an appointment for it to be officially done, <laughs> surprise, here comes number five. And we went, didn't, we didn't discuss it very much, because we knew we was going to hear all the the things. Uh, You need to get a TV, you need to get a PlayStation. Do you know what causes that? Uh, And then you would hear all the things of like, man, that sure is a big family. And and I have a couple of cousins. The one that was to chase was my cousin, Tori. He had six. Now his brother, Rick, they have nine. And so we would get the questions. Are you trying to catch up to them? No, we were not trying to catch up to them. And so here comes number five, and Lisa and I really didn't talk about it. Once we were, we were happy, we, were, we thanked the Lord, but we were just kinda in shock, and, and we didn't really discuss it very much. Do, do you know what I, I mean, right? And so we didn't really talk about it. We went, let me see if my math is right. It was about four and a half months, five months, when finally she's on the floor at Memorial We haven't told anybody and one of the ladies goes, I know you're not supposed to ask but are you pregnant? And uh, at that time when you're finding out the gender of the baby, it's probably time to start telling everybody, right? And so we we finally uh, picked up the phone and called our parents and told them and finally let the cat out of the bag uh, after all that time. And that was as close as we got to any kind of little reveal party of any kind. And I'm serious. The next week we found out the sex of the baby. That's how long we had waited. Family reveal. The reason I bring all that up about a reveal is because some things have changed in God's family. And God is letting, that, letting his people know through his his uh, prophets, through his preachers, his apostles of that day, he is he is, is trying to let them see and understand that these things have changed because something major has just happened. Jesus Christ came onto the earth. He didn't come to uh, uh, take away the law or take anything, uh, uh, you know, to do away with the law. In in, in, uh, in part, he really came to fulfill the law. The law, as we have talked about several times before, the law in the Old Testament was a picture of what was to come, and the one that was to come was Jesus. And so Jesus had now come into the earth, He's come into the world, He has died on the cross for our sins, He made a way, He didn't just love and do this just for the Jews, but He did it for the entire world. And this was something very difficult for God's chosen people to accept and realize. And so there was a difference in this approach. That's why we even talked about this in the past, a few weeks back when we were in the book of, still in the book of Ephesians, we were talking about the Old Testament, is the Old Covenant with God. This was before the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you turn in your Bible to the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John into the New Testament, We, on Sunday night, we have been uh, talking about this with uh, my class, I've been teaching the older kids and the youth, and we have talked about what are those first four books called? They are called the Gospels. And what does Gospel mean? The Gospel means good news. Who is good news? Jesus Christ is the good news. And so there is something that has happened at this climax in this Bible, and it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And so everything has changed in the New Testament in the new covenant. And so Paul is one of these guys that has been commissioned from God to get this word out. And so what's so interesting about how God uses him is God takes a man who is not only a a Jew, He takes a man that was not only a Jew, but a man that was one of the Jews of Jews. He was one of the high ranking officials. He was part of the elite group that was the Pharisees. And then he takes not only just a regular Pharisee, part of an elite group, but Paul says that I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Like I was high ranking in this particular group of people In the Jewish faith and these people we've all heard this we've heard it so many times of how these Pharisees these Jews would get up each morning and thank God that they were a Jew that they were that they were a Pharisee but not that they were and thank the Lord that they were not. In opposition. They would thank the Lord that they were not Gentiles. They would thank the Lord that they were a man and not a woman. They would thank the Lord that they were, they were uh, free and not slave. They, they thanked God for all of these things. That's where their mindset was. And so when uh, we understand the story of the Apostle Paul, when he is Saul of Tarsus, when he is this man that he is going out killing Christians because he had not received who they were as far as the the uh, ones that were following after Jesus, the Messiah. And so they were uh, they were he was persecuting them. He was killing Christians. He was he was there with the authority from the local officials to be able to go and do those things and all in God's name. All in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He thought that he was doing what God wanted him to do, but all along he was missing it. And so we understand, we've heard this story, another story so many times, of how God blinded his eyes on the road to Damascus, on the road to, uh, yeah, And so uh, blinded him on that road and he was blinded. And so God gave him back his sight whenever he went into that city. and, And God gave him back his sight and told him that now he needed to understand who he was in Christ Jesus to accept the Messiah. And so that is who we see in the Apostle Paul. And Paul is this great Jew and has this great background as being a Jewish man. And God calls him not to the Jewish people like he did the Apostle Peter. But he actually sends him to the Gentiles. And this is one of these Gentile cities that God calls Paul to and is in this place of Ephesus. He comes there and he's preaching the gospel to them. There's still some Jews in that area. Paul, the first place that he would go when he would arrive into a new city, we, we learned about this in the book of Acts, is that he would go to the synagogue first. He would preach Christ to the Jews and then he would go out to the other people there in that city and preach the gospel to them and many people were converted. And so there was in his in this New Testament church. There were Jews who were Christians and there were Gentiles who were Christians. And Paul brought these people together. The very people who he used to despise, that is who God called him to. And so as you read this, as we see this family reveal, there is a mystery here. And this mystery, I want you to understand that it is a sacred secret. It is a sacred secret that God had and now he is revealing To mankind, And so he's using this vessel, this man, Paul. And so as we see this family reveal, the first thing that we're going to see in here is me. M-E. We're going to see me this morning. We're going to see us and we're going to see we. That's the three points and we'll be done. The first one when we see me, we're going to see not only ourselves, but more specifically the Apostle Paul. And let's look at verse one. He says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he may known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already. Verse four, by which when you read, you, have underst- uh, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made Known to the sons of men as it has now been made, been revealed by the Spirit to the holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Now, for me, as I wrestled with this this week, is thinking about the Apostle Paul. The long, lonely journey the Apostle Paul must have gone through. He must have really saw some very desperate and dark times in his life. When he goes out, he does go out with someone else initially. When we we saw this in the book of Acts, as he takes his missionary journeys, he takes three long journeys as on, on, on his road. He ends up at the at the end of his third journey. He ends up in a Roman prisoner prison, and he's fixing to see Caesar to stand before him. And so he reminds us here in verse one on this journey that he's on that he's in prison. But he's not just talking about his imprisonment in Rome for him to be standing before Caesar. But he's also talking about here in verse one, he says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner, listen to who he's a prisoner of. He's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now, listen, I'm not, you know, this morning we've come in, we've 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 come in just from our long week and from doing the things that we saw fit to do. I pray this morning that we would see ourselves. I pray that you have a relationship with the Lord, first of all that you have died to self, that you have given your life to Him, that we wouldn't just be doing the things that we wanna do, but that we would be doing the things that Christ, Jesus wants us to do. I pray that we would see ourselves not as a prisoner of the Lord as far as in bondage and in chains that we do not have the freedom to do what we wanna do, but that we would be in bonds and chains to the Lord as in having liberty to go out and do the things that God is showing us and telling us to do. Now that sounds a little backwards, that sounds a little weird, but when we understand that we surrender our life, and guess what, that is when the weight comes off of me trying to have it all together. If I come across to you like I have it all together, boy, I am a good actor because I don't, okay? I, and, if, and if you come across to me as that you have it all together, you're a good actor because you know what? That weight of us trying to please everyone is a weight really we can't bear. It's just a, you're, you're a, a ticking time bomb waiting to explode and waiting to fall short of what you have portrayed to other people. But when we come and we surrender our life to the Lord and that weight is lifted off, That's why you see people uh, that have gone through so much garbage and trash in their life and then they just come broken to the Lord and surrender their life to the Lord and they begin to weep and they begin to just cry out. And you say, you know, I didn't have that kind of experience, but I hope you had something inside of you that really you saw yourself as a person that was desperate for the Lord. And Paul was that person. He was so wrapped up in religion. He was so wrapped up in, in praying in, a, in, in the open square that everyone would be able to see him. He knew, Paul was such a righteous man that he, was, he tithed and he gave his offering and he fasted and he did all of these things. But he was empty on the, he was empty on the inside. And so when he surrendered his life to the Lord, it wasn't now, Paul, what are you going to do? It was now Paul was seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, what are you going to do with my life? I'm going to just be an open book. and I'm going to be an open vessel to you. And I'm going to allow you to live your life in and through me. And Paul says, listen, here is what I'm commissioned to do. He goes, I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's really telling us in verse one, I'm here to do the things that God wants me to do. And he says that God has commissioned me for you. For you Gentiles, the ones that were outsiders, the ones who were far off, the ones who had no business being called to God, you are the ones that God is calling me to. The ones who nobody else wanted, the ones that were despised, that were left out there. And so as we see ourselves in this picture, may we be a people that are called out from the Lord. May we see ourselves for the people who nobody else wants. The people that you say, well, you know what, Every, you know, it, it, is, it is doggy doggy in this world. We've talked about this several times, and and that is not our mission to compete with other people, other churches in this town. But there are so many people in this town this morning. If we just walk down the street and stop the different homes, there are so many people this morning that are not in church in De Quincey, Louisiana. And so for us we need to continue to go out and be the people that God wants us to be and it doesn't happen just here on Sunday morning. This is a place this is a place that we come in celebration of what God has done for us in the week. We get a word from the Lord through his scripture. We get to encourage one another in the Lord and then we are ready to go out. I've said this many times before. It's not there anymore, but uh, at New Hope, whenever I attended there uh, from 2000, 2002, and uh, there used to be a sign there as you exited out and it says, now you're leaving, now you're entering in, excuse me, and now you're entering in the mission field. And I pray as we leave this property today that we would understand that it's not about us, it's about us being who we need to be in the Lord to other people. And so Paul is saying, I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Now, we think the Apostle Paul, this is an not my notes and I'm sorry, but we think the Apostle Paul is a, is a superhero in a lot of ways he is. But for us, we want to say to the Apostle Paul, but you know what? There's a lot of things that I want to do. There's a lot of things about me. And there's a lot of things the Apostle Paul it was fine for you to do but I have other things that I want to do and I want to accomplish. And in other words, you know what? There's a lot of times when I think about, well, I'm leading my family to do this, but I shouldn't just be doing this because I'm the preacher. Do you understand what I mean? Don't expect just me and my family to do it. Don't expect Brother Jake and his family to do it. It is our responsibility to do it. It was Paul's responsibility to do it, and it's your responsibility to do it. And he says, I'm doing this for other people. As I thought about it this week, I I wonder to think how many days the Apostle Paul probably thought. As much as I am doing all of this. Will anybody even ever say thank you? Will anybody even see me whenever I'm on this long journey? And I go into this city and they hated and despised me and they put me outside of the city, and they stoned me, and I'm there left for dead, do you think the people in that city at least appreciated the fact that the Apostle Paul did that for them? Did you see rushes of people walking out of that city to go out and to thank the Apostle Paul? Now, to be honest, when we started our journey of naming our children, we didn't set out to be uh, a family that was naming them after Bible character name, Bible names. Um, there was one lady who was in prison uh, and the Lord saved her. And she said that she went to, uh, and she didn't name her, her children later on, uh, Bible names, because she said she went to prison with a lot of Mary and Martha's and all of those people. Right. There was a lot of those in prison, but one, we really liked the name Lydia and uh, the reason, and then later on, uh, whenever, you know, just reading about it and just I always kind of, I knew that was in the Bible. I really liked that name, but we named her Lydia because we liked that older name that wasn't as common as some of the other names. And as you study it and read it, uh, Lydia in the Bible, because we've, we've made that hers as far as seeing and identifying with that person to the apostle Paul. And when you look at her, she's part of the Philippian church, but Paul was, she was such a friend to Paul, how she brought him in. And Paul was on this long journey and and he actually stayed an extra few days because she persuaded him, her and some of the uh, uh, people that were part of the Philippian church. And Paul must have longed for it. Do you understand? He must have longed for it to know that somebody was there encouraging him along the way. And I pray we would see ourselves as an encouragement to other people. And so the Apostle Paul, he even says, if you look down in verse 7, he says, of which, he's talking about uh, of, of this great mystery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me. By the effective working of his power. It was not upon Paul's power to accomplish such a great task. He had to be reliant on the Spirit of God and on the power of God to do it. And so the Apostle Paul, I, I just I thank the Lord for his sacrifice. And what he's telling us this morning is that you're no different. We're no different. We need to see ourselves and understand what our mission is, understand our responsibility. As believers. Now, for whatever reason, I changed courses. At the beginning, I almost got into a, almost, uh, even during our welcome, I had this on my heart, and maybe I'll do this next week. But I was thinking about several things that people have been telling me this week, and I was going to share some of that uh, with you this morning. And uh, just kind of, but one of them I still want to share something that Brother Jake has been ta- telling me about this week. And, uh, and he shared it with a few other people in here, and it just makes me want to uh, repeat it. You know, there's a, a verse in the New Testament that talks about, you know, you, you're still on the elementary things of the Word. You're still on the milk of the Word when you should be on the meat of the Word. Matter of fact, it even goes a little further and tells us that you and actually should be teachers at this point. And yet you're still taking on the elementary things of this this book and of the things of God. May we be different this morning. You know, I'm really praying, something that I am personally praying about is I believe from now till Easter, we have about five Sundays, four or five Sundays, and I'm telling you, I'm asking the Lord that if something I've got to do different or something that we've got to do different. But I'm asking the Lord that we would look really different from now to that time. And I don't talk about the number. I'm not talking about the number of people and some of the things that we'll do to make it look different in here. I'm talking about even just the way we receive and the way we worship. That I pray that we'd be a different group of people over these next few weeks. That God would really, his spirit would reign with us. And so as we look at this, we see this me, we see Paul in this, but we're going to see the us part. Paul's talking about these Jews. He's really saying, listen, it's a mystery to these Jews because they really didn't see it and understand it. And Paul knows exactly what they're talking about because he didn't see it. He was missing it for such a long time until God had to blind him and give him sight again for Paul to really see these things. And, you know, there, there is something different that is happening And if you don't know your scripture, and if you don't know your Bible, the Bible says you'll be like that person that is in the wind that will be just tossed to and fro, that you'll be like a person that a a young person that doesn't know what they believe and always grasping for different things and not sure what is right and what is wrong. And so the Jews at this particular time, they're they're having a hard time accepting this. And so when Paul's introducing something brand new to them, something that they should receive from the Lord, they're not gravitating to it. They're not accepting it as a whole, as a Jewish people, and it's hard for them to hold on to. And so for us, it's not a big deal for us because we've heard this for such a long time. But the reason I'm saying us, as far as the God's, uh, as far as the Jewish people, Paul is saying this as far as the us, is that we need to understand that when we are faced with things in our life, we need to understand what the scripture says. Now listen, I go to the church that that we go to, you know, we we have a lot of things, if not 99.9% of our doctrine is really a a Baptist doctrine, I understand that. There's some some, uh, things that are set up different as far as the business part of how we function. But it's, you know, like I've said this to you before, my dad told me a long time ago, I remember, being, I remember being eight years old or under, because I remember what house we were in when he told me this. He goes, I'm a Christian, and I'm a Bible Christian before I am a Baptist. And he's still a Baptist today. But he says, I'm more concerned about what the Bible says than what a denomination tells me. Okay, that sounds good, and that's true, and that's right. And, but the reason that I believe in the doctrine that I believe is because when I search Scripture and I look at it in my own eyes, not because of what Daddy said, or not because of what Mama said, but because of what I see in Scripture, it's important for me to know what I believe because if I go to another church down the road, or I go to this church down over here, if I run into problems, they're gonna tell me, well, you know, you need to take these classes to be in line with our church. Or you need to speak in a tongue To be in line with our church. That's the reason you're going through some of the situations that you're going through. And so it's important to know what God's word says, because when tough times come, you need to know where you're going to. And these Jews had something very specific here. They are getting introduced to something that is brand new to them, something brand new. And so they've got to search scripture. You look in the book of Romans, you can jot this down if you're taking notes this morning, but in Romans chapter 9, verse 25 and 26, Romans chapter 9, verse 25 and 26, it tells us of how Paul is talking to them about this is a new day and age of what's happening. Rome, I'm going to turn there in myself and I'm going to read it. Romans chapter 9, verse 25 and 26, the Apostle Paul tells them there in Romans Actually, I'm going to go and read verse 24 first. He says, even us who he called, not all of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And he's asking this question. You understand? He's asking this question. He's saying, you're telling me that not only the Jews can have a relationship with God, but also the Gentiles. That goes against so much of what was happening in the Old Testament. And Paul is telling them, listen, even in the Old Testament. This is what he tells him in verse 25 and 26. Even in the Old Testament, the prophet Hosea spoke about this and you missed it. And now that it's been revealed, it's verifying what Hosea had said years ago. What does that mean to me? If somebody comes to you with a new revelation, you need to be able to line it up with God's word. And if it doesn't line up with God's word... It's not true. And so Paul, it was important for them to even line it up with God's word. And it tells us in the book of Hosea in verse 25 of of Romans, we could actually go to Hosea. I'll give you those references in just a second. He says in verse 25 of Romans 9, he says, I will call them my people. This is God speaking who were not my people. And her beloved who was not beloved. Talking about the Gentile people. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. And so God had spoken to the prophet Hosea back in Hosea chapter 2 verse 23 and Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. God says those things to Hosea and it really meant nothing to them then. (laughs) But then when it comes to pass in the New Testament, when the New Testament church is taking this and they're having to figure out what is going on, they could go back in Scripture to say, oh, yeah, that's what it meant. That's what they were saying a long time ago, that God was calling out a new group of people. Now, listen, another one is in uh, Acts chapter 10. You remember the story of Peter. Acts chapter 10, uh, the story of Peter. Peter has a vision. And three times God shows him a vision of how for him to eat this particular meat. And Paul, I mean, Peter says, God, I can't do it. I'm a Jew. I I cannot eat that which is unclean. And God told him in a vision, do not call something that I call clean. Don't call it unclean. And Peter got it. And so later on in the chapter, in chapter 10, in the book of Acts, Peter experiences Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit, and he has a decision to make. Am I going to accept what I see in the Spirit of God in these Gentiles as a Jew? And he had to remember his vision, but he also had to remember what God had said through the book of Hosea. That God was going to give His Spirit, not only to the Jewish believers, but also to the Gentile believers. And so it's important for you to know what Scripture is talking about. It's important for us to know those things. And so as we continue on in our last point, He tells us the we. He tells us here, as far as this we part... He's telling us, uh, let's look closer at verse five. He says uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter three, verse five, he says, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as is now been revealed by the spirit of the holy apostles and prophets as goes to to the Jewish people, God's chosen people who were getting the gospel out to them. Verse six says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. This is the we. And partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 3. The mystery has been revealed. It has been given to you from me, from God. He goes it wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. It was so clear it was it was there. It was hidden. It was a sacred secret. And he says now these Gentiles are fellow heirs with us, and what he's telling us here is that God had His chosen people, the Jews, and He He unleashed and He was giving them all the blessings from Him as it was His own child. And He's saying, now these these Gentiles. As you read scripture and you identify yourself as a person that is a child of God. And that was a person, if you're like me, that does have has no Jewish descent. But even Jews today have to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, like the New Testament tells us. But if you see yourself and understand that you have a relationship with God, when you read scripture, when God is telling us that he will not leave us nor forsake us. That is your promise from the Lord Jesus Christ. When you see things that God's telling us, when we go through situations and we go through storms, that second song that we sang this morning, a uh, uh, shepherd talking about how he's leading us and guiding us. And when we go through storms and and trouble and you know what? Even putting those storms and troubles beside us, just knowing where to go, even on a daily basis. Of knowing God is the one that prepares the steps for you he says the the way of the the ones that is righteous the Lord orders his steps for us to just go and follow after the Lord Jesus Christ all of those things we have in Christ because we are partakers in Christ of the promises that God has given his people and so for us I pray we find celebration I I find I pray that we find rest in these things this morning that we would be the people that God would want us to be. I pray we would get outside of ourselves. I pray we'd get to the point where Paul, even when he gave and he gave and he gave, and people didn't maybe thank him, he still did what God wanted him to do. It tells us, it tells us in commentaries and people that are a lot smarter than I am, that even his Jewish people, the Jewish people started to really, his own people, started to really despise Paul because of his love for the Gentiles, and that just really kind of gets me, because Acts chapter 20, you see Paul actually taking up an offering and bringing it back to Jerusalem church. He's going to all these places. Jerusalem was the headquarters initially in the book of Acts to get the gospel out. And Paul is going and as a missionary starting all these churches and then Jerusalem is falling on hard times and so Paul goes and he picks up an offering for all of these, from all these churches and he goes to bring it back to Jerusalem. The very people that think that Paul is really turned against them. And, and Paul tells us in Acts chapter 20, I think it's 35, I'd have to go back and look, but it's when he tells us that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And there comes a lot of maturity in that because I'm telling you probably just right before my kids were born, I wanted to receive. I'm talking about Christmas, talking about birthdays, holidays, whatever I wanted to receive. Now, you know, daddies, young, young daddies in this room, you know, you, you, they don't even know who you are anymore, right? It's the kids, it's the mama. Oh yeah, there's a daddy, okay, yeah, right? But for, for us, when we see our children, we want to give to them. Some of you in this morning are, grand, are, are grandparents and you even want to give more to those grandkids. Thank the Lord they get to go home, right? You just love on them and they get to go home And so you want to give to them. You want to just pour out your love to them. And Paul says, when you have some maturity in your life, he goes, you'll learn, and I'm talking spiritually now, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And with that, guess what? You'll find a 50,000 reasons, 50 reasons, of why you shouldn't do something that God is putting on your heart to do. You find every reason in the book. You know, when we look, and this is what I'm trying to tell us, is that when I started off my message this morning, I said, look at it for yourself. Because when we look at the good Samaritan, we we look at that story and we just say, I would never do that. I would never do that. I would never just pass by somebody and not care for them as we saw Brother Jake preach that last week. I would never do that. But yet yeah, we think we got to think about it and say, have I done that? Have I am I doing that? Am I giving of myself? Am I giving of my resources and going and, and, and putting all of those doubts and thoughts aside to say, well, I'm not going to do it because of this or this. But I'm going to do it because it is more blessed to give than to receive and let God sort all those things out. And so I hope this morning, as I started out again, I hope that you have received this morning what God was trying to show us through his word this morning. I pray that was where we find ourselves. I want to pray for us this morning. And then I'm going to ask the, I'm going to ask the, the guys to come up and, and the lady to come up to lead us, uh, in this time of response. And I pray if you're dealing with anything in your heart and life, and you need a, a time to respond, to talk to me, Uh, I'll be up here. i love to just sit here and pray with you, answer any questions that you may have. Uh, If if that's not you as far as coming up and, and talking with me, that's fine. But I pray at minimum that you would deal with the Lord in your heart and life this morning. You just examine what the things that you've heard from God's word and apply it to your life. See how, see what God was trying to show you and answer him. Yes, Lord, I'll I'll do those things that you were showing me this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We praise you again. We pray and just, um, we ask you to be with this time, Lord God, as we just respond to what we've heard. I pray it would be a time, Lord God, that we would really, uh, begin to examine our hearts and lives and that it would be that we would be, uh, better for it Lord God that we would respond in in a positive way to do what you've asked us to do Lord God if there's anyone that hasn't trusted you as as Savior Lord God I pray that they would do so this morning Lord God that, that they wouldn't wait any longer Lord God why go through this life any longer without you you've done so much for us Lord God you loved us and cared for us even when we were so unlovable you loved us we love you and we praise you in Jesus name that we pray